Welcome to the Healing Our Brokenness podcast, where we dissect problems and solutions that exist among broken people who are living in a broken world. And we also believe here at Healing Our Brokenness that everybody has a story. Today, we're going to be working on episode 78, and it is entitled, How Our Words Manifest Our Pain. says it, but either way it goes, just from having those words there, say it, that I just read off to you without having any type of attitude behind it, it's just not a good thing. And it basically connotates that there is anger built up, there's bitterness, and could possibly even be a spirit of jealousy or envy against the other person. A lot of times what happens when people are envious but jealous of another person, they are happy when something bad happens to that person and then that way they can feel better about themselves. Other times when you hear, I'm glad it happened to her. Yes, she deserved it. He deserved it. It could be a simple point of unforgiveness in our own hearts. And it could be something that that individual did to us or to someone else that we love. And so that is our response. But either way it goes, saying those words there are reflecting our pain of anger, bitterness, and resentment that has built up in our hearts. And here's another set of common phrases that we make when we show pain. At least he not, at least he'd have to worry about not having money. Well, she's got money. She can say that. When everything we're saying flows from a conversation that deals with someone else's finances and where we are apparently judging them, stating that they shouldn't have problems because of their finances, 
or they could put their kids in certain schools because of their finances or they can afford to go vacation because of how much money they make. When there's issues that we're constantly centering the conversation around other people and money, a lot of times we are paying ourselves in the area of finances and we begin to judge other people in that area because of our lack of finances. We could have had one financial devastation after the, the next. And then that turns into unhealed brokenness and pain and hurt in that area. And the way that comes out is we start judging other people who are making more money than us. And then what happens, here's another situation that often happens. We are around women, or it could be men, who are bashing the other sex to the point of it being toxic. And for this example, I'm going to use a woman who bashes a man a lot. A lot of times that woman has been hurt by her father. It could be by her brother. It could be by a trusted leader of God in the church. It could be by her ex-husband by her boyfriend, any of those individuals. It could have actually started from the father and got transferred to any and all of those individuals that I mentioned. And so when we have unhealed pain like that, then every man is undependable, unreliable. Every man is this, that, and the other. And so the pain that we have in that area comes out because we are hurt and we're judging every single man that comes about in our lives, in our friends' lives. No matter what man it is, we are judging them. And other people are, are automatically able to see right off the bat, there's something going on in this area that's unhealed. And oftentimes other people will notice things that we don't pick up on is the thing about it. Here's another one. There are some people that have had significant church hurt. And that can be one of the worst kinds of hurt that there is. At the top of the list, when you attend a place of worship, and you are underneath a pastor and you are going to that pastor or another leader in the church like a deacon or a worship team leader, any person that's in the place of leadership in the church and that person betrays you or hurts you or causes you pain in some type of area, that would be labeled under church hurt. And going to uh, your therapist or support group is necessary in order to heal that. So when you're in a support group slash small group and that group is affirming you and telling you that I am so sorry that you have had to put up with this. I am so sorry that people you trusted betrayed you, that they hurt you in this manner. This is actually what is supposed to happen. However, I have been in situations where it is not in the sense where that particular 
victim slash individual who was hurt is trying to heal. It is in the situation where that person is bashing churches, bashing the church that caused the hurt and bashing all churches. Now, getting help and healing from a group is different from bashing churches and bashing leaders and just bashing anything that's dealing with the people of God in general. And when that happens, the people on the outside can usually detect the pain right away. Because whatever pain we have in our heart that we have not healed, it just becomes toxic and it pours out. And sometimes the bashing can be so bad uh, with church hurt and any of these issues that I've mentioned already that other people become uncomfortable. They're not sure what to say, especially if they are still attending the church and it just becomes so toxic that you don't know how to navigate the conversation anymore. And so silence is usually what takes place for the bashing, the person who's doing the bashing, they're ready for a response. But usually what happens is silence is the common response. Now I have another one. A friend of mine was talking to me about a particular store. And as soon as I heard her mention, I said, I don't even want to hear their name. I don't ever want to shop there again. And right away, that was an indication right there, just from what I said, that there was some pain and hurt and anger involved in dealing with that particular store that I needed to take care of. Now, if I had said, you know, because they did not follow through on issuing the rewards that I was supposed to have received, I've decided that I'm not going to purchase anything from that individual store anymore especially after calling management about the issue, which this is a true story. If I had responded in that way, that would have been one thing. But my tone, my body language, and the choice of my words told that I had not completely processed it. And then it was almost like I was taking it out on her where she was having a good experience with it. I had had a bad experience. And so I turned, took my bad experience and dumped it over to her. I felt betrayed. And even though we feel betrayed in a lot of these situations that I am mentioning, it still does not excuse the fact that we are not being responsible for the pain that is on us. And we begin to start leaking out on everyone else. Here is another example. I don't give a care. Whatever. He he don't have to ever talk to me again. And a lot of times, just with those words right there, after we've been hurt, the devil will put in our mind, well, you just don't have to care about them anymore. When in actuality, it's the exact opposite that's going on. And the problem is that you do care. But in order to not have to go through uh, the grief, the pain of healing, facing that pain, then we say the opposite is going on. 
But then our voice and our body language is actually telling that there is anger there that's residing. There's resentment there. There's bitterness. There's hardening of the hearts. And every time we say, I don't give a care, we are reinforcing this within ourselves. Here's another example. Everything that someone says, somehow we are doing it better than that person. Someone gives us an example of something good they did, then somehow we are doing it 10 times as, as good as they did. Someone's given us an example of a gift they received. All of a sudden, we've received five gifts from our mother. So when it gets to the point where people are telling us things and we have to come up with something that's better than them, or they're telling us a story about their jobs, their homes, their kids, activities that the kids are in, any of those areas and so many more areas, that is basically one-upping. And it's time for us to say, hmm, why is this envy and jealousy going on in my heart? What is going on here and why am I doing this? And really, when we think about it, what happens is the individual who becomes the victim of this is thinking that it's something wrong with them, that they keep being one-upped. They start having insecurities. And I've had this to happen before when I've been one-upped in several areas. I have started to have insecurities about myself, not realizing that it's the other person who has the problem, the one upper. There have been other instances we've been around people and everything that's said is from a negative viewpoint. Nothing will work out. This person is never going to change. That job would never do this. Never. Everything that they say is negative and there is a spirit of cynicism involved. And oftentimes, when they start using the words never, they've had a Job experience. Trial after trial after trial. And I can attest to that, having trial after trial after trial, compounded trauma upon compounded trauma, and your faith starts to wane and instead of your faith being your faith and trust in God being built up, it starts to get deflated like a beach ball. Because every time you put your faith and trust in God, it seems like something else happens. When we know that certain things that God will allow to happen, but it does not mean that he is the one that's causing everything to happen. He does allow certain things to happen in order to refine us. But we've had issue after issue after issue to happen. A lot of times that is the breeding ground for the spirit of cynicism to come in. But being around that type of individual who has a negative viewpoint and cynicism involved, their presence can become a turnoff. And we're left with wondering, what's, once again, what is happening to the person inside of me? Why am I behaving like that? 
and getting curious about the things we are saying to others and about others, our judgmental calls will actually help us to go inside and explore our hearts. And another thing that would be helpful is when someone else is confronting us with our behaviors that we are not coming on the defensive right away. I'm going to read from 1 Samuel in the Bible between what went down with David and Saul. David marched out and prospered in everything Saul sent him to do. And Saul set him over the men of war. And this was pleasing in the sight of all the people and of Saul's officers as well. As the troops were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out of all the cities of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with tambourines and other instruments. And as the women danced, they sang out, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. And Saul was furious and resented the song. They have ascribed tens of thousands to David, he said, but only thousands to me. What more can he have but the kingdom? And from that day forward, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. The next day, a spirit of distress sent from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied and sat at the house while David played the harp as usual. Now Saul was holding a spear, and he hurled it, thinking, I will pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Now in this passage of scripture that I just read, it's a perfect example when Saul made the comment about him being ascribed thousands and David's his tens of thousands that showed right then and there that a spirit of jealousy Envy and jealousy had crept inside of Saul. And that spirit of envy can also lead to a spirit of murder if left unchecked. And so just those words that he that rang out of Saul's mouth told us what his pain was. It was unchecked envy and unchecked de- uh, jealousy. Both of those issues that were undealt with. And in Luke 6 and 45, it tells us a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, bringing forth that which is good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart, bringing forth that which is evil. For of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaketh. So whatever we have that's coming out of our mouths, it's already coming from the overflow of what's filled up in our hearts. All issues of pain leads back to us needing to have divine healing from God addressing these issues or we're going to end up, as I mentioned before, bleeding out on everyone, not being able to function at home, not being able to function in any type of relationships, whether it's friendships, romantic uh, and otherwise not being able to function at work. It affects our leadership when we do not take care of unhealed brokenness. 
It stunts our leadership. It stunts the people who are underneath us. It stunts our emotional growth, emotional health. It affects our testimony. And one of the best ways to be able to handle undealt with pain is to group therapy or individual therapy and also small groups that we can get involved in through our churches and in our community. We don't want our individual integrity to be hampered with. To also cause someone else to possibly stumble. And we can also be looked at as not being a safe person if everything that comes out of our mouths is damaging and toxic to others. So the next time that you get ready to have something to come out of your mouth, think about this one sentence. What will your words manifest about the pain that's stemming from your heart? I want to thank you for listening to episode 78, How Our Words Manifest Our Pain. And before I leave, I want to give a special uh, shout out to Timothy Horton for the intro and outro music that's coming in every week. And the title of the song is Valley of Grace. Until next time. So